0: Welcome back to the Pretty Decent Podcast, my friend. Hello, Uh, it's me, Lexi, Lexi Merritt, your host, and I'm very excited to have you here. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things in the world, launch strategy, and I can talk about what that means and how it showed up for me in my digital career uh, because I think launch strategy for me was one of the most surprisingly fun and creative and exciting places I've found so far on the internet. It's just a really, really fun topic. It's a really fun field of study. It's very interdisciplinary. It blends a lot of different creative mediums from big picture strategy to copywriting, to graphic design, to web design, to UX, to a lot of times with courses, learning design, right? There's a lot of rabbit holes to fall down. When you get really interested in this process of creating digital campaigns and launching things online. So, very excited if you can't tell, very nerdy about this topic. Uh, you know, just one of my favorite things in the world. So, first, I'll tell you, I guess, how I got into it. Uh, for those of you who might not know, I started my, let's say, digital career uh, my sophomore year of college, 2014, as a content freelancer essentially. So I didn't even have the language for it at the time, but somebody offered me $250 to write a blog post about, I don't even remember what. I know at one point I was writing blog posts about like Wes Anderson inspired web design, Um, but I was just basically floating through the world and people would say, we'll pay you to write this blog about this thing. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world because again, I was like 20, maybe 20, probably closer to 19. I have no concept of time anymore anyways. So I did jobs like that for a while. Um, and once I started realizing that there was money to be made by basically being good at the internet, <laughs> which is what I like to refer to it as, like being good at MySpace translated directly into being good at social media management and you know web design and all of these things. Uh, so I started picking up gigs like that. Uh, and I also got some part-time jobs. So an, a niche that I found myself often in was I would work with primarily a woman, like a successful business owning woman. And I would work as both her assistant and her like marketing manager. So like both administrative and marketing and social media. Uh, And that was great for me at the time because I didn't have a lot of specialized knowledge. I was really just practicing, right? Like I was learning the skill that I wanted to learn and I was getting paid to do it. So I am very grateful for all of my bosses and teachers. I've really had great work experiences so far in my career. But the one that really changed the game for me and made it about launching specifically is one of my favorite people in the world, Rachel Simmons. So to set the scene, it's 2018. I've just moved to New York. I am living in the same bedroom as my best friend uh, because we're splitting a room. You know, coming from Florida rent to New York rent was a struggle. So we're getting used to New York rent. We are uh, living in Astoria, Queens, and I am working both my full-time job that had gone contract when I got too depressed to go to work anymore, and uh, a new part-time job as a virtual assistant slash marketing strategist, social manager, et cetera, for Rachel Simmons, who is just a genius person, New York Times bestselling author, uh, author of odd girl out which was actually a lifetime movie as well and also enough as she is her most recent publication that was what I was working with her on so she had just published enough as she is I had gotten to go on tour with her for enough as she is I was like jet setting it was so cool and now it's summer 2018 we get back from the tour uh and we're both kind of in this place of wondering and getting curious about what we might be able to do next so Uh, We were both, well, I'm sure she was used to it, although I'm sure it's exciting for her, but I was really blown away. It was fascinating, you know, from a content perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a community building perspective, what I was really blown away by was how engaged and interested these audiences were at every book tour that she stopped at. So she would fill uh, auditoriums in these schools that we were visiting And it didn't matter what part of the country we were in, after every talk, parents would line up to ask a question about, you know, enough as she is, is really about raising daughters in a culture that demands perfection uh, and that tells girls that they're not enough. So just lines of parents wanting to ask questions about raising their daughters. And so we both get back. It's uh, now summer of that year. And we're trying to figure out what to do. You know, I love working with her. She's enjoying working with me. Uh, And it started to feel really obvious in the design thinking of it all, which I also learned with Rachel, uh, that the next step was going to be an online course for those people that were waiting in line. Because we had this evidence that people were really interested in this topic and that they were engaged and that they had a lot of questions that... Despite the fact that these people were people buying the book and reading the book, they were still struggling to implement things. And that to me is a really green flag that an educational resource like an online course or a membership might be useful for people. So by this point, I had already been immersed in the online course industry for years, um, in part because the online course industry, you all know, is pretty much inextricable from lot of other industries the entrepreneurship industry most spiritual industries wellness industries uh what else like any specialized skill industry tends to have a presence of online courses and so it's hard to surf the internet for very long without hitting one of these digital educational resources you know it can be on parenting organizing growing your business and at this point i have one right i have our membership the study because uh, this is something that I found I really enjoy working in and exploring. So uh, let's let me give you a general PSA. I have a lot of thoughts about the online course industry uh, that I think I'm going to dedicate a whole podcast to, uh, both positive and critical thoughts. I think there's a lot of good, there's a lot of weirdness. But uh, today's episode, I really just want to talk about what happens when you have something to sell online. That process of creating the campaign. Once you've had the idea, to get the idea in front of the right people and to fill the room, quote unquote, with your dream community and your ideal audience and the people that you want to teach or uh, inform or educate or entertain in some type of way. So I say all of that to say uh, this is not exclusive to online courses. The practice of launching works across industries. I've seen people launch ceramics collections and new jewelry lines. I think launches are really well suited for things that you want to uh, drive sales to, one of course, but also things you want to build some excitement around or hype around. And so that's really what I want to offer you in this episode, just a bird's eye view of the theory of launching. And as the title promises, the least complicated way to apply one of these launch strategies to your business. But first... Uh, I have a quick word from our sponsor, a.k.a. me. Uh, So right now, let me just get a little meta for a second because, you know, I love a meta moment. So right now, my business, Pretty Decent, is the sole sponsor of this podcast. And what does that mean? Well, it means that I'm investing my resources, my time, my money, my energy into creating this thing in hopes that. In listening to it, you will learn more about the work that we do at Pretty Decent and maybe even want to participate if it feels right for you. So Pretty Decent or the Pretty Decent Internet Cafe is a digital gathering space for creative business owners. I like to say it's like the creative business chat room of your dreams. Like this is what I would have loved on an AOL channel back in the day. We are hosted on Slack, we are open to all, it's completely free, we have people from all over the world who are building impactful and fulfilling businesses, we check in once a week, we have co-working, there's a lot going on. Now, we also have a private membership space called The Study. So when you join The Study, you get access to live lessons and labs. I teach almost every Tuesday, we have community support circles, Fridays at 2pm Eastern, we have a massive library of content and so many more. Like we have so much stuff in the study, specifically around a lot of these topics that we talk about here on the podcast. I mean, the podcast is inspired by this community that we've built in the study. People say that it is just a really fun place to be. I've People have made friends. It's just a really fun environment to learn and practice digital marketing skills that we all need in order to run a business online so if you're interested in learning more about the study or just hanging out you know in that free cafe space or coming to a co-working session you can learn about all of that at www.prettydecent.org all right so let's talk about launch strategy at its core if you were to boil a launch down just to its bare parts i see it as a collection of touch points so there are two main types of launches that you're going to see on the Internet. There is a live launch, which is going to happen in a specific container of time. Think, this deal expires on this day, or available until space runs out, or for a limited time. And then there is an evergreen launch, which is basically able to run in the background, run without your direct involvement, run without specific dates set on it, and instead kick off whenever somebody opts into that campaign. So some experts will say that an evergreen launch or a quote-unquote passive income strategy is not a launch, right? That it's a sales system or a sales funnel or whatever. Uh, I still call it a launch because A, it's the same collection of touch points to me, and B, to the person receiving those emails and Advertisements and notifications about the offer. It is a launch, right? They're being launched too. It's just that it's not happening on your calendar in a specific period of time. So, keyword in that, of course, that you might have just heard is emails. Launches, in my opinion, very much revolve around an email campaign. There are creative ways to get around it if you are like vehemently—is how you say that word—whatever that word is—opposed. Uh, I will say here. We just finished a whole unit. As of this recording, it's February 16th. We just finished a whole unit on launching in the study in the classes I teach Tuesday nights. Uh, And one of the things that we talked about was, you know, how you might be able to get around using emails. That's always one of my favorite questions to ask when we're in a workshop about strategy is like, well, how might we get around this, right? Like trying to come up with ideas that maybe don't involve the cookie cutter strategies that we're all so used to online. So If you want to watch that, you're going to find it in the study library, gentle PSA, just pointing you in that direction if, you know, it's something you want to explore. So for the most part, though, launches are email campaigns to me. That is the least complicated way to look at them. So when we talk about these two types of launches, a live launch versus an evergreen launch, what we're really looking at is two types of offers as well. So there's a live offer, something that's available for a limited amount of time, maybe a course that, you know, only operates in cohorts or a limited time bonus or a flash sale on one of your products. And then there's an evergreen offer. So something that can be purchased and enjoyed at any time, any day, anywhere, an evergreen offer, somebody can buy at midnight and it's going to be just as good as if they bought it on the day that you told them to, you know what I mean? Now you can, of course, apply a live launch strategy to an evergreen offer. Um, A recent example I found of this was Vogue, who obviously you can always subscribe to Vogue, right? But when you subscribe to Vogue, you subscribe at a smaller rate than you will eventually be renewed at. Usually you can subscribe for a year of Vogue for like $14 and then it'll renew for like $50. And this is not just Vogue, it's all of the magazines, right? This is kind of the general subscription magazine story. So what they'll do to incentivize that is they'll offer limited time bonuses when you sign up for that subscription. So if you sign up before this date, you get right now a phone case, a Vogue phone case, you know, with this like mini wallet thing attached. And obviously it's pretty. Uh, Obviously it is, as as a certified Vanity Fair tote bag girl, I can say it is like any other piece of clothing, (laughs) a a message about yourself to the world that you get to display. It's also free advertising for Vogue. So you can always subscribe to Vogue, you can always subscribe to Vanity Fair, but only right now do you get this limited time bonus with that subscription. That is a live launch applied to an evergreen offer. Now, does Vogue have to do that like traditional internet launch thing we do where we announce and email and say the card is closing and have flashing buttons or whatever? No, they're a giant media conglomerate. They can rely mostly on advertising to drive subscriptions uh, or those little pieces of paper that fall out of every magazine that I've ever opened or the fact that I and many others walk around with their logo on tote bags and hats for free. But you and me who don't have access to that level of resourcing and Uh, let's say branding, can absolutely still create a digital campaign that can sell our work to the right people the same way that that strategy does. So that is what a launch does. One of the things I love to do, and you'll hear often from me, is this idea that everything can be an experiment. Uh, I really believe that everything in life can be an experiment if you approach it from a place of curiosity, and especially launches can be an experiment. So Did you ever do a science fair project in school? Chances are you probably did. And you'll probably remember making that tri-fold board and creating different sections for your hypothesis and your materials and your results and your observations. Those same scientific principles you can apply to any business decision you make, but especially a launch strategy. So your materials for a launch are most likely going to include one, an offer, Right. Obviously, you have to have something to sell to a lead magnet, which is also an offer, but it's a free offer, something free that you offer and give away, again, for free in order to attract people to your email list so that you can, three, send them an email campaign that is written to inform and persuade them of your offer's value, to put it very marketing-language-y. 4 you'll need a sales page or a place where... This person can go and review all of the details of your offer before they buy. The sales page to me serves as a place for somebody to kind of hover and go over the details again and get all of their questions answered while they're in that very, very decision-making phase of, you know, purchasing. Uh, It doesn't have to be a website, by the way. I know everyone says this, but if you follow Holisticism, they've been doing these Notion courses and they have great Notion sales pages and I've seen coaches sell Things on Google Docs. I've seen people sell bracelets just on their Instagram story. Uh, I do want to undercomplicate this, but I also want you to have the vocabulary. So, the last page that I think is important is a checkout page. So, a place for somebody to pay for it. And I should say so, if we're thinking about materials again, offer, lead magnet, landing page. I forgot that one. So, offer something to sell, lead magnet, something you can give away for free, landing page. A page that tells the person about the lead magnet and collects their email address, so a page with a form. Email campaign that you're going to send and inform them about your offer, which I know feels weird. We can do a longer episode on it. A uh, sales page, a place where they can go, hover, skim, review all the details before they buy. And a checkout page or a place for someone to pay for your offer. And that's really all there is. I'm serious. All of the other bells and whistles, all of the Instagram lives and the pop-up Facebook groups and the countdown timers and the testimonial videos and those little things that come up in the corner and they're like, so-and-so in Milwaukee just bought one. Those are all variables that are being added to this experiment and you're testing, right? Just like that science fair, you're testing. Like if I grow a seed in a can of Coca-Cola And only let it listen to Kendrick Lamar, will it grow? That's what you're doing when you add, you know, if I add an Instagram live to my launch strategy, will more people purchase? If I make a pop up Facebook group, uh, will more people, I don't know, purchase (laughs) again? Like, will more people buy the thing? Uh, All of those variables are added to the experiment with the hypothesis that in doing so, you will increase the number of conversions. Uh, which can mean both the number of email addresses collected and the number of sales. So for a launch, the result that we want from the experiment most of the time is as many aligned sales as possible. Uh, But sometimes a win in a launch looks like getting 30 new aligned leads or email addresses added to your account. Sometimes we don't get sales, especially when we're just starting out, and then we get to go back to the experiment and say, oh, I wonder what it was. Was it the offer? Was it the sales page? Right. It's our ability to see the system as a series of moving parts that gives us the ability to not self-deprecate or take personal blame or let it be an indication of our value as human beings when we don't necessarily see the results we want because we're able to see it as an experiment and say, oh, this isn't about me. The link was broken. Or when they went to the sales page, nobody could see the buy button because it was the same color or, hey, I never sent any emails to follow up. Sometimes it's as simple as that. We launch something, we put it out into the world, we're like, nobody bought it, it must not be good. And it's like, did you send any email address, you know, any emails asking people if they wanted this thing? So the results that we want, again, are as many aligned sales as possible. And I say aligned sales because as a launch strategist, part of my job is to tell you that, yes, you want people buying the thing, but you want your people buying the thing. Um, You're going to get a lot more return on your investment of time, energy, resources by investing those resources into selling your offer to the right people. Because those people are going to love it. And they're going to tell their friends about it. And they're going to wear a tote bag with your name on it. And they're going to uh, buy other things that you might have for sale later down the line. And who knows what else. So again, making it about as uncomplicated as I can the least complicated way to launch something is to gather your people, right, which often requires creating a magnet to pull people into the room, and then having some materials on hand to tell them about your offer, whether it's emails or sales pages or whatever, and then really facilitating the conversation, facilitating the touch points for your people. Uh, Because again, remember, a launch, in my opinion, is a collection of touch points. So Whether it's that Instagram Live, whether you're, you know, scheduling emails and saying this one goes out on Tuesday or this one goes out Saturday at noon, or it's evergreen, meaning you're saying this email goes out one day after they download the free thing and then we're gonna wait a week and then send this thing. In both of those launch strategies, you're weaving together a collection of touch points. You're building a case for your offer and you're making sure this is my big thing you're making sure that you answer every question that somebody might have about that offer now here is where there's some tension because i don't like like just surface level strategies the people that i'm in community with have a lot of tension and a lot of weird feelings and a lot of of rightfully earned critical thought about launch strategies and about selling things online so Chances are a few of you have been on the other side, well, 100% chance those of you listening have been on the other side of a launch strategy because at the beginning of this episode, you listened to me pitch, or maybe you skip past it, that's fine too, but you listen to me pitch the study and talk about the study, which makes this a part of my evergreen launch strategy for the study. So there you go. You've been on the other side of a launch, um, but you may have been on the other side of others and you may have noticed that there are certain variables that uh, don't always feel good or aligned as a consumer. Um, again, this is something we talk about a lot in the study, the ethics, the leadership decisions that we make as entrepreneurs and really where our values and our intuition show up in the strategic decisions that we make. But one example I'll give you of a variable that may be included in a launch strategy, but might may or may not feel aligned is the variable of urgency. So in a live launch, urgency, or the creation of kind of a deadline, might be authentic and necessary. If you're opening up a coaching program or you're opening up a live course and you want it to happen in a tight cohort, doors probably just need to close at some point. And It's actually your responsibility as somebody who's informing people about this amazing thing that you've created to keep your audience informed of that deadline. Uh, does that need to mean that your email says things like, this is the last chance you will ever going to get to change your entire life for the better? No, probably not. But again, you get to make your own decisions based on your ethics and your values. I don't want to sit here and tell you what to do. I have no interest in that at all. Uh, I want you to think of me as another scientist out here experimenting alongside you, sharing my observations, sharing my results, showing you what I've learned. So one of the things that I've learned does not work for me is fabricated or manipulative urgency. So I came to the conclusion a few months ago that I did not want to be constantly closing the doors to our membership and using that as a variable to get people to make a decision about whether or not they wanted to join now removing that variable from the experiment is i knew was going to impact the results i did a live launch and without the doors closing i saw less sales most of the time when i was doing live launches before with myself and with other clients i would see that very typical thing that a lot of the sales come in right before the doors close you know right at midnight the night before I'm about to close the offer. Uh, That's pretty typical for a live launch. So when that didn't show up, again, I didn't let that mean something about me because I expected it. It was part of my hypothesis. I knew that in removing that variable, or I had an assumption that in removing that variable, uh, it would decrease the amount of urgency that people would feel to make a decision about this offer. And so I'd probably see less of those sales on the last day. And that was again, just a decision that I made and I might change my mind one day. That's the flexibility and the beauty of having your own thing and being able to make your own decisions. Uh, And there are still deadlines that I might provide like our next semester of classes begins on this date or I've now kind of gotten into the habit of since I teach a new live class almost every Tuesday, going on Instagram and saying, hey, if you want to join us for this class, it goes live at seven. So join before seven and you get to come live. Uh, I might one day design a live launch campaign around an expiring bonus, like an extra brainstorm session with me or whatever it might be. I can make scientific and intuitive decisions based on my own values, my own process, my audience, my business, my life, right? But This is your experiment to run, and nobody can tell you what strategy or what process or what language is going to work perfectly for you. You have to get in the lab and start blowing things up if you want to learn and be able to create your own observations. So all of that ramble being said, let's revisit the idea of the least complicated launch plan, kind of wrap it up the best I can. Like I've mentioned a few times now, the basic launch experiment combines a handful of materials, an offer, a lead magnet, a landing page, an email sequence, a sales page, and a checkout. But if you were to come up to me on the street tomorrow, I have to be honest, and say, you know, Lexi, I have this really great service that I'm offering, or I have a new product that I want to debut, what is the least complicated way that I can get it out into the world? Um, my answer to that question is probably going to be a lot more simple than the list of ingredients I just handed you. My answer is going to be, well, you tell people about it. Turning right now to the next person you see on the street and saying, hey, I have this new service offering, and them going, okay, that's a launch strategy. Going into a Facebook group you know, right now and posting about your offer can be a launch strategy posting on your Instagram story and inviting people to join your email list, you know, and then tomorrow sending a newsletter that talks about your offer, that is a launch strategy. A booth at the farmer's market is a launch strategy. Anything you do with the intention of informing people about what you sell and demonstrating how valuable it can be or how entertaining or fun or helpful it can be is a launch strategy. But if you do want something just a little bit more complicated, something you can put into effect in your business, a little baby system you might be able to build, here's the plan that I would give you. One, clearly define your offer. Who is it for? Why does it matter? How does it work? And how do people pay for it? Two, design a free resource or a lead magnet that will attract just the right person for that offer to your email list. And none of that is possible without that really clear understanding of who it's for. Empathy uh, is the root of design. And so we have to understand before we can design an offer and before we can design a free resource and before we can design a landing page and a sales page and a TikTok post or whatever else, we have to really understand who we're making things for and what they're experiencing and how what we offer can impact them in large or small ways so i would say spend some time with that person send them you know helpful resources or be in conversation with them or interview them or you know have surveys or quizzes on your instagram story get to know your people and then eventually send some emails telling them about your offer and inviting them to purchase it it can be in two days it can be in two months i don't really care it's your experiment it's your variables Let me know how it goes. So you may find that you need some type of page to send them to. I've seen great Notion sales pages. I've seen Google Doc offers. I've seen beautiful websites. I will say that if your goal is to start testing a brand new offer, you in particular are allowed, you have my explicit permission, to let this be uncomplicated, to let it be uh, the bare bones, to let it be basic before you invest a bunch of time and money into making it like the most amazing website ever or adding all these bells and whistles or getting the software that does this so that you can do that. Like just page, emails, content, okay? And then lastly, the last thing I wanna say is remember that the more, when you add complication, when it starts to feel complicated uh, because you're adding more variables, But just remember that that's what it is. You're adding variables to a big experiment. So get a big piece of paper and map it out from the perspective of your customer. When you add a variable like a countdown, when you add a a variable, I don't even know, like a free Notion workbook or a mini course or a workshop or whatever, when you add that, how does that impact the person that you're making things for and their experience getting to know you and your brand, like literally map it out. Like they're walking through your digital strategy. Like, okay, first they walk in and they see this and then they see this, and then maybe they go over here and doodle for a while and they come back and then they make a decision. And then as you add those variables, uh, keep an eye on them, right? This is the data part and it, it doesn't have to be something that you force yourself to be interested in. It can actually be really fun. Like looking at it as a creative experiment. Okay, I added a drop of this. How did that impact the results? Uh, What happened when I moved this around or changed this color or said this differently? Uh, Pay attention to those results, not only how they impact the number of conversions you see, but also how they feel to you to implement Um, and maybe how your audience says that they feel to them to experience. So that's all I have to say. I know it was a lot, uh, I actually had to re-record the entire thing because I was, I re- I was like listening to the first one and I was like I sound like a robot. Uh, so I hope it was interesting. I know it was a lot of information. Again, if you enjoyed this topic, if this is something you want to learn and study more, that's why we have the study. Uh, we have a lot of resources around this kind of big picture. It's about getting good at the internet. Membership is sliding scale. It starts at fifty three a month. Uh, and I also have one-on-one services if you are looking for direct support. So I have something called a VIP strategic design day. We can spend a whole day mapping out your offer, your launch strategy, your content strategy, uh, and really your project managing in a way, your resources, your time, your money, your energy to make sure that you get this done. So both of those things are available. If not, that's okay too. Either way. Thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to hear what you think. Come jump into our Slack cafe if you want to hang out and I'll talk to you soon.